Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are here another day, another week, here to inspire you to share some stories, and I know that's why you're here, and let's get into it right now. This week, I have uh, someone that is really near and dear to my heart. She's um, a friend. She's become a client. And I'm just so, so inspired by what this woman is doing out in the world. Um, I want to introduce you this week to my friend, Karen Lynn Grant. Karen has been writing songs since she was 15 years old. So she's definitely an artist, the creator of the Joy Coaching System. And she trains women of all denominations through faith-based relaxation uh, therapist or how to become faith-based relaxation therapist or what she calls joy coaches. She's conducted over 25,000 hours of one-on-one sessions for men, women, and children who are heartbroken, grieving the loss of a loved one through death or divorce, any kind of loss, and to bring people back into alignment and bring people back into a, a place of love. Uh, It's just, it's such important work. It's really powerful that she does that. And in a world right now, I believe that we have so many different viewpoints. Uh, I think it's important that any individual viewpoint doesn't get lost. And sometimes with the the all-inclusive, this should work for everyone, we miss, you know, those families that that do come from a faith place and they want to work in a faith-based therapy to be able to come back to where they are. She's also uh, just launching, which is so exciting, the brand new podcast, The Stories She Sings. We're going to get into all of that as well. Um, Karen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here with you, Matt. This has been something that I've looked forward to for a long time now. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it too ever since we met. I knew I was going to have you on the show and it was just a matter of when and what exactly we were going to get into. Lo and behold, you're launching a new podcast story she sings. And I want to talk about your podcast journey. I want to talk about your coaching business, um, but you've done so much. I want to first kind of start with a little bit of the backstory. Um, you know, I met you and your husband, Dell. You have an interesting family dynamic uh, with a blended family of 13 kids and you said 49 grandchildren. That's right. Big, beautiful, blended family. And you're like 29 years old. How does this even happen? <laughs> you just marry an older guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about, because that that's obviously, you know, that's a modern day Brady Bunch, a, a very unique situation. Talk to me a little bit about kind of I guess your love story. Tell me how you guys met um, and how this sort of came about. And then what I'm really interested in too is how the dynamic works. What were some of the blessings? What were some of the challenges? 
Talk to us a little bit about, you know, having such a large and, and interconnected family like that. You know, blending and blessing families in the 21st century is one of my passions to talk about. And Dell and I met five years before we got together. It was a brief meeting. I met his wife. He met my husband. She did not like my husband. She was very strong. And she said, I don't like your husband. He is not right for you. And I said, well, you know what? I do like him, but I'm staying put. Well, five years later, I had gone through a divorce. And uh, five years later, I received a text message. And it was from a man named Del Turley. And in that message, I couldn't remember because I knew a few Turleys. I couldn't remember which Turley was this. But he said, my wife, Allie, before she died, asked me to thank you for the music. And so I'm just sending you this text to keep my promise to her. I want to thank you for the songs that she listened to every day for the last six months of her life. And I, I was shocked and stunned because when I met Allie, she was 52 years old, just this vibrant, happy-go-lucky blonde, vivacious, funky woman. And she had all the life in the world and in her body and her spirit and her mind. And, and then four and a half years later, she got breast cancer, which mastocized to her liver and she died. And oh so Dell was just reaching out to keep a promise. I had gone, I was working at the mortuaries doing grief coaching for those who had lost loved ones. And he lived four hours away from me. I was in Pleasant Grove commuting to Ogden. He was in St. George. And so we just started to talk because I said, you know what? I work with the grieving and I loved Allie. I only met her once, but the woman was such, she just hit my heart in such a amazing, impactful, fun, beautiful, sensitive way that I said, if you are ever grieving, feel free to reach out to me and, and I can comfort you through that. And so, you know, time went on and we didn't, talk very often, but when he was having a grief, grieving moment, he would call and, and we would walk through the steps of grief and pretty soon a friendship occurred. And then, and then lo and behold, here we are, we are married and we have, uh, he has nine children that are all married and he's got 41 of those grandchildren through those nine children. And I've got four children, nine children and 41 grandchildren just on yes. his side. On his side, and and just last week, my daughter, Laura, just had her baby, baby Jack. And baby Jack uh, has been in the NICU for the past week and a half and just got to come home. So he is precious oh. little, our 49er, and he is, he is our little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And, he, so and Jack's just, doing okay now? Jack is beautiful. He is oh. just so sweet and precious. A dimple in both little cheeks and just darling. Oh, we, we are all, all of us in the audience. We are pulling for Jack and super excited. Thank you. Uh, so happy that he's back. Hey, Karen, when you and Dell met and went through this, and I think this is just a quick little sidebar, interesting conversation. You're, I mean, obviously you, you know, you had met first and then you become work, work friends is the wrong term, but you know, you're, you're in a kind of a professional capacity when did you know, as you're building a friendship, when did you know that all of a sudden something felt different? Did he make a move? Did you make a move? Tell me you what know, happened. It was, you know, when you don't, when you're caught off guard, because 
I was still in love with my former husband, and I'm sure he was still in love with his wife that had just passed. So we felt very safe to just create a friendship. And what I realized uh, that Ali had said something to me that day, she told me she didn't like my former husband. (laughs) She said, you need a husband just like mine. Your husband doesn't appreciate you, Karen. And you know what? I, I, that thought just went flying over the top of my head, never paid attention to it because I was involved in my marriage, working my heart out to make that work and to, to better it and to be the best wife I could be. When Dell and I began to talk, there was a respect there. There was a rapport there, but there was no feeling there. It was just pure platonic. And actually, if you really want to know the truth, I felt his wife's presence one day as I was driving down the street. It was as though someone was in the backseat of my car and the feeling came to me, Karen, get ready. Life is about to change. You are going to marry Del Turley before the end of this year. And I was with a friend who was sitting in the front seat beside me as I drove. And I said, I do not know or understand this impression that just came to me, but I'm going to speak it out loud because it's either true or false and we'll find out. And, uh, but I, but I had no feeling of in loveness. It was just respect. And, you know, there's something to be said for creating a friendship first and to develop that mutual respect. But Del and I, and Allie and I had not spoken for five years. So this was out of the blue. It was by divine design. And it was out of the blue, caught Del and I both off guard. And then one day we both knew. It was just, this needs to happen. We had values in common. We had synergy. We had spiritual values. We had emotional likenesses. And when there, when his children met me, met me, they said, those two are exactly alike. They're like two peas in a pod. And it's just interesting, the dynamics that you could go 57 years of your life and then have someone come into your life that just is true, integral, pure, perfect, and perfect for you. So Dell is my best friend and he is an honorable man. And our relationship is based in trust and integrity. And that's That's what makes it so good. That's really, really beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. And I don't know that I actually knew the grandchildren number. I've seen your bio and then I looked and went, oh my gosh, that's (laughs) so awesome. You um, obviously not in addition to the grief work you do, I want to kind of touch into the aspect of the artist that you are. Um, Because you don't find very often someone in the coaching or therapy or counseling space, but also in the art space. So you're a singer, you've been writing and performing songs for a long time. Kind of briefly, what what was it like growing up as far as music goes? Was it always a part of your life? Did you, you know, start singing at three? Or is this something that you sort of found later on in life and really dove into? Tell me about the passion of music and songwriting. You know, Matt, I'm so glad you asked that question because what comes into my mind is something my mother said to me when I was 15. She told me that when I was a little girl, she'd pass by my bedroom and she'd hear me praying in poetry to God, kneeling beside my bed at age three. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee that sometimes it's winter and sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's cold and sometimes it's hot. And the earliest prayers were in were in lyric. And then by the age of 15, I had a beautiful experience. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> and sometimes it's not, and sometimes, sometimes it's hot. It's not. Were you a little Irish girl? And sometimes <laughs> <laughs> That's so well, good. When I was 15, I came from a very religious family. And my parents, my dad was, was real strong and adamant. When he was two, he was on a chair with a Bible in his hand, shaking his finger at his unseen denomination. So I came from a real strong religious background and I was more of a free spirit and I wasn't going to take anybody's word for it. And I wanted to know for myself if there was a God. So I spent an entire day on my knees to find this out, to get and my what own. age is this? That was at age 14, two weeks before okay. my 15th birthday. And the answer that I got, I will not go into those details, but when I came out of that space, the gift of songwriting had downloaded and the desire to write a song about this pure love and pure knowing that I now had. And so from age 15 on, I just wrote songs for Jesus. And I remember bowing my head over my guitar and saying this little prayer, I will never write songs for the world. I'll only write songs for Jesus. And nobody's ever going to hear my prayers because I, I, I prayed in song. I sang to the Lord and I did that in private. And so it wasn't something I ever needed. I never aspired. I didn't need anybody else to hear those songs. But it wasn't until I was 28 that I began to feel very impressed that I wanted to create a CD for other people who were homesick for heaven and who had were experiencing some kind of heartache. And so that's as the songwriting began again at age 28, during a time of heartbreak and heartache, when I turned to the Lord with all my heart and said, how do you mend a broken heart? How do you mend a broken heart? And the song started flowing again. And so all of my songs, I've written about a thousand of them, sometimes three songs in a day. Those songs kept me connected to a sweet connection to God, who I found at age 14, and who comforted me because I'm a real sensitive person. And sometimes the world is harsh for us tender hearts. And so when life was harsh or hard, I would just write a song for Jesus and my heart would be comforted and I would feel happy all over again. So that's kind of where it all came from and how it all originated awesome i have so much respect for you know everyone in that artistic space to be able to to write songs like i've written one song and i would like in in my heart it's like it'll be so cool to do that now i have different uh a different metaphor right different versions of songs they don't come out musically they come out sometimes in in a seminar structure or a coaching program or uh or you know even these the interviews that we're doing right now but i love that i mean, everyone has an ability to tap into their creativity and I do want uh, to plug, you have an amazing album out. It's actually available uh, free. It's on Spotify called Angel Dreams. Can you tell me about the inspiration for Angel Dreams and what is your hope that it achieves? Because it's so much more than, it's not just an album. Uh, you, you described it as like lullabies, right? Beautiful story. All of these songs were written to lullaby my children when I was a young mother 
And then I realized that a lullaby isn't just for a baby. A lullaby isn't just for a little child. Lullabies can be for the child within. And within every single one of us, there is a beautiful spirit child of God. And so I realized that these songs, when people started hearing them, they'd say, you know, I was playing this CD in my car for my children. When my children got out of the car to go to school, And I ended up with tears streaming down my face as I continued listening to this CD. And so I ended up retitling the CD to Angel Dreams Lullabies for the Child Within. So it's really for every age. And Matt, I have to tell you that I used to be, I used to go to the prison once a month to speak to the inmates there. And at the end of speaking this one particular day to 92 men dressed in white, that when I walked into that room and their faces looked angry and and just like, why do we have to be here? And who are you? And how do you think you're going to inspire me? And I'm in that chapel and speak to these men about the women in the scriptures and the woman at the well and how each of these women had their own personal trial and challenge. And at the end of that, and after singing to them song after song with story after story, these one of the men at the back of the room, he said, what can we do for you? You have, you have set our hearts on fire. You have given us hope. And I thought for a minute, what can 92 inmates do for you? And so I just said a little prayer and the thought came, have them sing to you. And so I said to them, would you guys sing to me? I've never had a choir of male voices sing to me. And so they started talking and saying, what do we all know? Michael, row your boat ashore, or kumbaya. And then when one of them said, how about I am a child of God? And Matt, it was an amazing experience as these men filed up to me and said, we need your lullabies for our trucks when we get out of here. And one of them said, my mom needs these lullabies. I have put her through hell. And as they came up to me and I was able to shake their hands, their faces were soft and childlike and sweet and eyes sparkling. And I, it was such a testament to me of the child within. The spirit was so overpowering and strong. So these songs are for the child within. And I just hope that everybody will go to Spotify and download that CD. And you might go, well, these aren't baby lullabies. I can't play these for my baby. These are for you. They're they're inner child lullabies for everybody. They are. They're for everybody. They'd be good to go to sleep to? Yes, they would. I I need some help falling asleep. So that would help me falling asleep probably. I always like to listen to something. And Absolutely. All right. I'm, I'm doing that right now. I'm going to Spotify looking for Angel Dreams, Karen Lynn Grant. That's awesome. There you Speaking go. Speaking of, of songs, obviously one of the most unique podcast stories out there. And I really, um, I enjoy this story um, from a creator standpoint, from a business standpoint, and then just from a personal standpoint, your new show, The Story She Sings, which is available now on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's, it's a unique podcast that's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, rather than interviewing guests or you just talking, teaching stuff, it's not a teaching podcast. It's really an inspirational podcast. Tell me about kind of the, the genesis of how you combine the, the songs you've written with, you know, you talk about those a bit. What's the inspiration? And tell the story. Like when we first met, that was the first thing we connected on. And you said, I have this dream of doing this podcast. What do you think? Tell me about the idea of this show. 
Well, and Matt, it was you who came up with the inspired name. When you spoke the stories she sings, my heart leapt because this originally was to be about the women in the scriptures. And I've written 67 songs about women in the scriptures, the New Testament, the Old Testament. And and how do you combine that? You know, you hear a song, but there's so much that goes into a song. There's an experience. There's a spiritual experience. There's an emotional experience before you ever get to the songwriting moment. And so this you know, getting up in the middle of the night, nursing babies back to sleep during the years, I would open my Bible and often, it was so amazing. The scriptures would open up in the New Testament and fall open to the widow who gave her last mite or the woman at the well or the woman who poured perfumed oil on the Savior's feet or the woman who reached through the multitude crawling on her hands and knees to touch the Savior's hem. And I I loved these stories because I was afraid to come unto Christ. I was scared of him. I had a militant father. And sometimes we project what our dad was onto the image of God. And so I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's going to be merciful to me. I can see him being merciful to the rest of the world. But it was through the women in the scriptures and their stories that they sing to me in the middle of the night and then writing a song for each woman, singing that song onto a cassette and sticking it in a drawer because I had no way to instrumental it. I didn't have any money. I was a young mom, often pregnant with the next child. And so when when we reached out to you, it was because a dear friend, Elizabeth, had come to you to help her with her podcast. So she referred you to me. She loves you. And we called you and talked to you. And you asked me hard questions. You were like, okay, what do you want this to be about? And it took you asking me questions to realize that the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of this podcast needed to be something that one person could come to and listen to if her heart or his heart was grieving, have some questions to ponder, maybe bring their journal, have it be a daily, you know, an inspirational devotional time. The podcasts are an hour, are an hour so break it up and do it in bite-sized pieces, listen to it and journal about what you're feeling or how it's connecting to you. So it's really a transformational podcast is you, you wanted to create this transformational experience for somebody. I love that. I just want to quickly mention, I love that you, you talked about like your outlet almost, right? You're reading these stories. And, and again, I want to encourage no matter what your faith background is, no matter where you've been and what you believe, I think there, there's such a great structure in here and there's such a great story in here that, that can inspire the world. I really, really believe that. And you were inspired by these stories and you didn't have, it sounded like you almost didn't have a way to get it out other than like, well, I got to write a song, which I can't even imagine because it's yeah. so, it's difficult for me to create that, but easy for you. And it's the only way you know how. And then what do you do with that song? Because now it's this little bubbling fountain of an aha, spiritual, emotionally uplifting moment. And you want to share your aha moments. But Matt, I think the biggest part of this podcast is in today's world, people are having uncertainty and unpredictability in their financial lives and their career lives. And where do you point them? Like, what do people hang on to? And so, as you mentioned, this is non-denominational. It's just to say, hey, you have a father. You have a father in heaven who loves you. And you have an elder brother who loves you. And you are not alone. And if we can just learn to offer petitions and try our 
our hearts out on prayer and, and learn to trust a little bit and gain a little momentum in that trust, that's exactly how I developed my trust. And it's exactly where it went. And by the way, when like recently, one of the podcasts was on abundance, but the stories in there were the widow of Zarephath, the Shunammite widow, all from the Old Testament, and the prayer of Jabez, Lord, enlarge my territory. And so if you want something that just maybe can reach into your heart and say, what is your purpose, calling, and mission? What miracles do you want to set into motion? And so I think that for me, I want to create some introspection so that people might listen in the first five minutes and go, I need to go journal about that. Uh, they might even turn the podcast off and come back to it another moment. I love that. So you're you're talking really, you know, people can come with personal growth, but then also with the spiritual inspiration. And my favorite thing about this is we kind of wind down our time here. Um, my favorite thing is that you combine, like you don't, you, you introduce and, and talk about the story from scripture. And then you introduce the inspiration and how you felt about about a song. And then you literally like in the podcast every single week, you deliver one of the songs that you have written, you've performed. So you they actually get your commentary on it and then they get the song itself. And then you come back and I, I wouldn't say it's a preach, but like you explain about it, you expound on it um, and really allow those people to go deep and relate in, in their own life. Yeah, relate it, relate the scripture to your life. Have you ever felt like the woman who pressed through the multitude, spent all of her money on every doctor in town and still had an, you know, still had a physical issue and how much comfort we can have from the woman who touched his hem. And so I just, I love the stories of women in the scriptures. And I think men can be so edified by them as well. I just like, I love the stories of men in the scriptures, but this was, this was it. Outstanding. Well, Karen, I'm so proud of you. I can't tell you how proud I am. Um, I am in awe of Dell as well. He stood by you and supported you. And I've watched him do this for nearly a year, every step of the way. I'm just so I'm proud to call you guys friends. I really, really love what you're doing. And guys, you can all get the story she sings anywhere where you get podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. It's all available there. And then remember to get Angel Dreams, a CD, also free on Spotify to lullaby yourself to sleep. The story she sings podcast, amazing. Karen Lynn Grant, final thought. If you had a bumper sticker that you want the world to remember, no pressure, but what would you say in a sentence? I'd like to teach the world to sing songs about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Simply faith. Put. We need more courage. We need to carry on with love in our hearts. Faith, courage, and love. I couldn't say it better myself. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Matt. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. Karen Lynn Grant, what a, just an amazing soul. I really I just, I love and cherish this woman. Make sure you definitely check out the podcast. Subscribe. It is free on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, the story she sings. I think you'll be very impressed from a, an entrepreneur standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from an inspiration standpoint, from a music standpoint. Just dive in and get what you need out of it, the story she sings. And uh, check out Angel Dreams on Spotify. All right, I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Stay driven. Did I say driven too much? Oh, I'm driven to keep saying driven. All right, I'll see you later. Drive on. Drive on.